Okay, so um, relationships or leads? We're going to right into marketing stuff, right? Relationships. One sentence, why? Developing them and then preserving them, and then hopefully those will lead to more leads. <laughs> okay. I've got one. Branding or product? Which one's more important? Branding. My business, I sell product, so I obsess the product before I bring it into my store. And but still, branding is it. still the, the yeah one. branding yeah. So product happens first, but then branding has a bigger influence over the day to day sales. Okay. Uh, proactive or reactive? Uh, right now in the current economy, I feel like we're all pretty reactive. I think uh, my. By the way, we're in the middle of the COVID nineteen scare. We're we're dealing with so many things that six months ago we couldn't have even imagined in our lifetime. So I, I just want to preface this by that, I guess. Yeah, having, having said that, I never could have imagined these particular circumstances. I did put thought into my business when I was developing it and be like, what if, you know, a natural disaster happened? You know, what if, you know, I couldn't get to customers and I needed to figure out a way to connect with them, you know, via email or phone, that sort of thing. So my nature is definitely to be proactive, but right now I feel <laughs> reactive is pretty much the, the the name of the game, but hopefully we'll See, that, toggle would, back to proactive. I wouldn't even have asked that one six months ago. Right, yeah, yeah. Competition or monopoly? Um, competition. Yeah, I think it's good. I think there's, so I come from an athletic background and in running, I'm of the belief that there's room for all of us at the starting line and whoever's gonna win, there's a reason. And I think competition brings out the best of us. 100% agree. Yeah. Um, I would, this one, think local or think global? My business is very local but I think global, so I would say global. Think global, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, because a lot of your product is sourced globally, right? Absolutely, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. So this one I'm interested to hear only because in your industry, yeah. right, research is such a huge piece. So experience mm-hmm. or education? Education. Okay. Education, I'm a huge proponent of education, and I don't think it needs to be fancy, even though you could argue have had you know a lot <laughs> of it and I'm um, I really value it and I think experience comes after you have a strong base of education and I think the education needs to revolve around core values of like discipline and honor and integrity and kindness and then your experience layers over that to really get you through the things that get thrown at you like for instance this situation we're all in right now yeah i mean it really does put a completely different slant on the world absolutely yeah you know it's wow yeah um so this is kind of probably apropos also uh prevention or cure <laughs> i was just looking uh, at that. <laughs> actually i don't even want to ask, ask that one you know? yeah i think but, i mean right now i think we're slapping band-aids on a lot of things um 
so right now we're looking for cures, but prevention is always probably the yeah, got go right. yeah go I mean, to focus. You know, it's like um, you want to get ahead of problems. Yeah, and think about like the ones you could create by doing Absolutely. things. Absolutely, yeah. Anticipation. So this one I think is interesting because I feel like you fall smack dab in the middle of it is okay. brick and mortar yeah. versus online. Oh, so you have like this brick and mortar aspect okay. that you do have a, a mobile setup. Yeah. But you also very much operate online. Yeah. I think this is gonna be huge too with the times that are going on. Okay. So yeah, so it's so I'm a store that's not really a store. Um, and I think we need to redefine what brick and mortar actually means. So you obviously need a base and a place where people can find you and identify with you, but you need to be very flexible and um, the constructs in which our stores live need to be very different, like and very quickly because it's just not sustainable. So, um, oh, do we have a sustainability one? I was going to jump to that. <laughs> so I guess my answer would, yeah, I'm in the middle, but I lean more towards online. Okay. Me? Yeah. Commission versus salary. Um, salary. I think it's important to have consistency and support and be able to plan. Um, I've never worked on commission, so I'm not really sure how I would feel about it if I had that experience again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it, you know, you want to solve your customers' problems, not necessarily make sales. So I guess the, the, the thought there is, um, you want the, the the person to help a person regardless of whether they're benefiting more from it. That's yeah. kind of what you're saying. Yeah, okay. exactly. Cool. Very cool. Social media versus word of mouth. Social media. Word of mouth can actually, I think, work in your, um, not in your favor, especially if, you know, someone just maybe talks about your business or yourself in a way that you necessarily wouldn't have preferred. I feel like you have more control over social media. You can get your message out. You have more control over your branding. And people are more likely to have a negative word of mouth <laughs> about things. I think people, you know, just talk. That's just how we are as humans. So um, word of mouth is great if you can control it and have it be positive. But social media can be more in your under your control. Okay. So what's more important, hiring or training? Do you have a staff? It's just me. Okay, so, so maybe that's not so as... So I'm everything from the CEO to the mechanic. <laughs> um, but I think about hiring all the time because it's going to get to a point where I want to hire and I'm able to. So and hiring or training yeah. is the question. So in previous jobs, I was in charge of hiring and I loved it. I thought it was such a cool way to build a team. And I really liked learning about the candidates. And also I liked the process of seeking them out, so like recruiting them another question mm -hmm. so um so hiring it was hiring or training training okay which one's more important which one's more important making Hi the right hire, hire or just hiring the right person and training them for what you want yeah i think i think hiring the right person or that already has that like specific skill set or or you or you see something in them that can okay. really you know enhance your business and your business can likewise enhance the person so therefore he or she wants to work really hard and invest in your in your vision so I've got two last ones real fast because okay. we're gonna get to the qualifying yeah. um, 
these are specifically just because you are an athlete. Yeah. And oh, good. You're going to learn a little more about that. So okay. drills versus scrimmages. So in, in your in your sport, you know, it oh. might be a little different. But this would be, you know, running drills by yourself yeah. or rank, you know, scrimmage, run a race against yeah. you. Which one do you find more beneficial? So is that more like practice versus the actual event? It's like competition. In practice, and you, we'll talk a lot more about this, but, you know, like in volleyball, like I can okay. do hitting drills for an yeah. hour or I can do hitting drills for five minutes and then go right into a scrimmage because in a drill, I'm being set with a perfect set of parameters every time. Yeah. Where in a scrimmage, I'm constantly having to adjust to all these like minor differences that's happening on every single play. So in okay. running, I know it's a little bit different. Yeah, so I wouldn't say we scrimmage necessarily. I think in high school, we had like one scrimmage at the beginning of the cross country season to just like, you know, show like the freshmen how to, you know, yeah. how a cross country race was run. Um, I think now you could ask the question, maybe drills versus a time trial or okay. drills yeah. versus a race. So those are two different things. So I'll do drills versus a time trial. I would say drills and I do a, actually a lot of drills. You think okay. running is very simple, but it oh, could no, be others. There's so many mechanics involved. Um, and I do a lot of drills just to stay healthy and strong. Um, and I'm not a fan of time trials at all. I feel like so a time trial is essentially like you line up, you have a set distance, someone times you, and you kind of control a lot of the um, the parameters, like you know when you do it, yep. who you're doing it with, that kind of thing. Um, and it can give you a lot of information about your fitness, but it's just not a race, you know. Um, and I think if you really want the most out of yourself, you've got to sign up for a race. You've got to put yourself out there and be really uncomfortable and also support the racing community because if people don't race then there aren't races to do so yeah so drills drills versus time trial definitely drills and then drills versus racing i love racing um you can't do it a lot if you really want to be great but there's nothing like like a race yeah okay and my last one i'm pretty (laughs) sure i know the answer to this one yeah i've got to know nutrition versus diet Nutrition versus diet. Aren't they the same thing? Nope. But nutrition being more a lifestyle, right? We've decided. That oh, this is I know. How just, gonna, yeah. This is how I'm yeah. gonna eat permanently. Diet being, okay, you know, I'm gonna relax, I'm gonna have fun. Oh, I got a race coming up in two months. I'm gonna start, you know, cutting back and getting race ready. Where nutrition is just a, it's a lifestyle. You yeah. Know, we're, we're eating a specific yeah. way year round because that's how our body likes to operate. Mm-hmm. Nutrition. You need to constantly have good fuel. That's been a work in progress my whole life, figuring that out. Um, but that being said, like you need to be careful with, with what you put in your body. And I wouldn't call it dieting, but it's definitely not like a free for all. You know, you have to have Absolutely. some. You have to have discipline. You have to have discipline in both the good and the bad with with nutrition. All right, cool. So yeah. let's uh, let's tell everybody who you are now, what you sure. do exactly, and how you got here. So name and you know really what your business does right now yeah i'm betsy suda the owner of suda's fit foot which is a mobile shoe store so i tell people i'm kind of like a food truck for shoes but it's more than that so I, i'm pretty sure shoes don't taste good <laughs> yeah have you tried eating one yet <laughs> uh, no might be chewy give it a try so i bring i bring shoes i'm kind of that hungry right now so don't same, tempt me same <laughs> shoes athletic uh, accessories, socks, orthotics, I bring it to people where they live, work, and play. So I make it fun, engaging, um, really personal, and hopefully just 
really unique. I try to take all the pain points out of shoe shopping. So, wait, so, so real quick before I forget. <laughs> yeah. Um, you were talking about race earlier, and everybody has like a genre of race that they do. What is your competition level? What do you like to... Oh, we're getting to that because I always we, talk about like... Are we, wh- where are we talking college? 5Ks that are relatively short or are we talking, mm-hmm. you know, marathons that yeah. are relatively long? What you got? What's your preference or what do you do or... The 5K is my sweet spot, but I've done everything from the 400 meters, which is one lap around the track, to the marathon. Do they do like like a 400 meter in Gainesville, like on a regular basis or something? Or is you'd have to go to a track that... track meet? So yeah, the um, the Florida Relays, they've got the 400 there. There's another track meet called the Tom Jones Invitational, which again is not happening this year. I don't, but... think I don't know how that all works. Yeah, yeah. You Are just you wanting to a... run one? I mean, you've got the bald head for it. You got the low. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, the aerodynamics. Aerodynamics, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta shave that new beard thing you got going on. Though. So they're they're not as common. Ones. They're not as common as the five k or a half marathon. But all right. So yeah. uh, school. Where are you from? You know, where yeah. did you go to high school? Where did you go to college? I was born in Newburyport, Massachusetts, which which is on the north east coast of Massachusetts, almost to New Hampshire. And then I went to college in Boston. At it was an all female Catholic, very small school. Not many um, of those left. Not many of those left. Even that one isn't, it's not co-ed anymore. It went, we went, excuse me, it's not all women, it's co-ed now. It, we went co-ed my junior year. Um, loved it. Loved it for various reasons. Um, I loved it both before and after it went co-ed, so I loved, you know, both kind of styles. Um, went there for undergrad, studied biology and chemistry, then worked for a little bit in Boston at um, Harvard Medical School and Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare doing research. Then I went back to school for um, my master's degree in public health and epidemiology and biostatistics at Tufts. Oh, you're loving all of this then, going on. Then. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. <laughs> She's got a spreadsheet somewhere. <laughs> it's, it's, it really, epidemiology is fascinating. Um, there's just such a like a sadness to it in this in these circumstances, um, and that's part of why I'm not in epidemiology right now. Is just like I found out very quickly that I didn't really have the stomach for it because you have to you're up against forces that really wipe out dreams and you know hopes. Population. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. So um, people that are on the front lines are are true heroes. So then. Um, then I taught for a little bit. I taught college chemistry and physics, and then I came to the University. Damn. Then I came to the University of Florida ten years ago for another degree in organic chemistry. Double damn. So what's, what's and now crazy I sell shoes. Yeah. We've had a little bit of conversation <laughs> so in the past shoes, is yeah. that a lot of what she's talking about comes through in how she chooses the shoes that she deals with. Wow. You know, she's not just going out there and saying, "Oh yeah, so this brand said you know their shoes are good I'm for nodding. this and that." Um, <laughs> You know, she's she's talking to shoe manufacturers on a on a chemistry level. Like, okay, your shoes are made out of what kind of rubber? Oh, okay, well that's, that's on the organic side, side organic chemistry and, side. Yeah, it's true, like yeah. it's and so something I was gonna bring up earlier that's yeah. interesting to me is that. So wait a second. Okay, so <laughs> wait, so we've got we've got a chemistry, physics, organic chemistry. So I decided I was going to open a shoe store. Yeah, there's got to be like a bridge there or yeah. something. Well, so was it, did it come from the athletic side, maybe, or you would think? But I, um, so I've been a runner since I was fourteen. Actually, a couple of days before my fourteenth birthday, we had our first cross country practice at Newburyport High School. 
and I loved it. You know, it's like love at first run. You know, I just I knew that day, and I found. Yeah, I was just the opposite. I just, I Hate found my thing. Yeah. Hence why we both have slight beer bellies. <laughs> so, so I've been in a long, long-term relationship with running for years. It's been like the thing that I've done most consistently in my life, other than like eating and breathing and showering, you know? Um, so that's always been honestly my, my love. And uh, I came back to like the business of running because while I was teaching, I taught here at Santa Fe, I needed another job to supplement that income because as a adjunct professor you know you just it's not it's not enough so then um picked up a job at Gainesville Running and Walking and then I just fell in love again with the business of running and the idea of this business came from inspiration from uh, my grandmother who in her final years was in assisted living had foot problems and I just found all of the barriers to getting her shoes really frustrating. I was a frustrated consumer. I felt like there needs to be a better way to get shoes to people who really need them. And also as a runner, I never felt like the running purchasing, running shoe purchasing procedure was satisfying. I just never felt like, you know, to me running is like the most exciting thing. Like I love it. <laughs> and, and it's like, it fills me with life and joy and, the process of getting shoes have, never felt that way. Have you ever run with like barefoot? I mean, there's people that do that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a thing or something. Yeah. I've heard. I don't recommend it. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know. It just seems odd to me, but. Yeah. I feel like people deserve great shoes and they deserve to get them in a way that makes them feel good and empowered and excited. Have you excited. ever thought about designing shoes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have. <laughs> uh, but athletic shoes. Yeah. Not not from a fashion standpoint. Per oh se. yeah, no. They're strictly yeah, from no, fashion a, shoes. Never really. Well, so that's actually something I was going to bring up. That's I think important for a lot of people to know with your business is that, and this is in no way obviously a bad thing. This the shoes that we're talking about and the, the athletic gear. This isn't you know sports authority. We're rolling up with you know ninety pairs of you right. know neon colored leggings and all these great Nike shocks. Like hey, what's wrong with my leggings? True. Well, listen. On you, there's a major problem with that. <laughs> um, but this is like real deal performance athletic yeah. gear. This mm-hmm. is stuff that's literally professional made for runners. runners. Yeah, yes. professional athletes wear it. Yeah. I mean, now I can wear it. Does that make me a professional sure. runner? Perfect. I like that answer. Sure. That was, yeah. That was it, should, it should. It <laughs> should yeah, make you feel. Hey, there's the branding of a product. <laughs> it should make you feel some of that. Yeah, absolutely. When you open a shoebox, you know, you should have a feeling of like. What am I going to do with these shoes? Where are they going to take me? What can I do? Like, how can I improve my life with the contents of this box? It should be that sort of like amazing moment. I like that. You know, um, one of the best experiences I've had with shoes um, was the when I when I went in to get. Actually, I was going into uh, the store, which was actually Gainesville Running, and the concept was not you need a pair of shoes it was like well let's talk about it a little bit and find out how you're going to use them and what you need and then try different things the orthotics were really amazing to me that there yeah. was a difference in all of that yeah. um, and it wasn't just a, an exchange of money for a product it was finding out and learning and there was a step-by-step process to it that somebody had thought about yeah obviously not me but it was it was kind of interesting 
Um, and I thought that that was uh, like a completely different experience. Right. And is that what you're basically Absolutely. working with? Absolutely. I hope that my customers feel after an experience with Suda's Fit Foot, they feel heard, seen, like they've really been um, like the individual attention that you need. And also what they're really looking for is is hope, inspiration, and solving their problem. You know, customers, they're going to get much more emotional about their problem than they are about your product any day. So what you're really doing, it's like math with people. You're solving the problem for these people with hopefully a great a great product. Can I ask you a hard question? Please. And if you don't want to answer this, and I, how do you scale that? How do you scale that feeling? Well, the, yeah, that whole experience. I mean, think about yeah. you're, what you're saying is, you know, we're going to get to know people on a personal level and yeah. we're going to understand their needs and their wants and then we're going to, you know, um, you know, do this calculation. How do you, have you created something for that? Or, I mean, how do you scale that? Because yeah, I, I assume you want to be, you want to be in that sure. growth world like yeah. all of us do. Yeah. Well, it's, in one word, it's your branding. You know, if you think about the, the Disney company, that brand gives you a feeling. Mm -hmm. And they've scaled it. I mean, every time you go into the Disney store, you watch a Disney movie, you even just see, you know, the like, <laughs> the, um, what is it, the Magic the Kingdom? Arch, yeah. Uh, You're just like, oh, you think, you think of childhood. The most wonderful think, place yeah, in the world. You, yeah, you think of that smell you get in Disney World. Um, and so you pay $37 for a hot dog address. And then you're like, well, you know what? Whatever. That, that, yeah. So, so <laughs> what is money? You know. <laughs> well, and you know, for the right experience, it's like for it doesn't right, matter. Right. Like, have you ever stayed yeah. in a Disney hotel? Like cha-ching, but it's amazing. Right. It is really amazing. So, um, obviously, I'm not a Disney company yet, but you know, in my small little corner of of the business world, you you can take your beliefs as long as you have a strong vision for your company you can disseminate it to to all of your customers so i got another question about like the business part yeah. of it and maybe you want to talk more about the sports part of it taylor yeah. but um i'm really curious and i think this is i mean i think it's a little it's very innovative what you're doing you know when we talked about how uh, you know it's a food truck concept where you're going to where the activities are you're mm -hmm. going to where the interest is yep. and where the people are that you know that would buy and all those mm -hmm. kinds of things so to me that's very interesting because um, a lot of times and in, in my world we're you know we're putting our, our word out there and then people do come to us more so yep. you know we're not um, we're not in front of them quite the same mm -hmm. well um, let me interject one thing really fast so what's mm -hmm. interesting is that Betsy and I actually had a conversation uh, three four months ago mm -hmm. um, at a brewery event um, where, you know, I feel this and know I coach volleyball. Yeah. And so I came to her, see her at the event, I'm like, oh, shoot, I wouldn't even think about shoes at a brewery event. Walk away, have a beer, come back, and I'm like, I need new shoes for the coaching season coming up. Let me go pick her brain real quick. So I walk over, we have a 20-minute conversation right. about, you know, what I need out of a shoe for coaching. Yeah, I already picked her brain about what I want to use for work. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, yeah, I'm going to be standing for long periods of time, I'm walking back and forth. But then before the games, I'm running around the court a lot, doing lots of warm-ups. So I needed something that could kind of cross a lot of platforms. And so it led to this, like, crazy cut long mm -hmm. conversation. Now I haven't bought them yet because volleyball's canceled now. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> can't, even, can't even coach. Um, but it's just, it's just well, you putting yourself. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but she's putting herself into these situations and not just areas where there's runners, but also introducing people to the idea 
of a true athletic shoe in a situation which you wouldn't think about it. Right, right. So the, um, the question that I was going to ask is when you're, um, when you're doing your marketing, yes. uh, what would you say are, you, you know, you said social media earlier mm-hmm. was really, really important. And um, how does that actually, how do you use those, that for marketing, for example? So how do I market mm-hmm. my business? So up until about a month ago, about 70% of my marketing was business to business because in order for me to get in front of customers, I need the backing of another business to kind of give me an umbrella of, of space yeah. and um, protection and then um, the opportunity to see, to see their customers and sort of give their customers a benefit to going to say that gym or that that business so like I said so do 70... you do the work type yes work gear? yeah so I oh sorry do you, do I... do you sell work gear like no uh... I don't I just sell you know athletic shoes because I think of like an athletic shoe with a steel toe boot in it and right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, to kind of cover more than slip right resistant now I'm, yeah and... right now I'm staying in my lane of okay. athletic shoes but I I go to businesses in town such as Sharp Spring and Infotech um, so I would market to their HR departments. Gotcha. Super smart, I think. And and then um, sort of develop a, a path to get to um, their employees. Now, no one's working, essentially. So over the course of 24 hours, that all changed. So now it's um, developing those relationships not just developing them, but checking in on people because what people need now are connection, they need hope, they need consistency, and just knowing that you're there for them to solve these problems because people are walking a lot, they're running a lot, you know, there aren't gyms in, available. In our neighborhood, I've met more neighbors, mm-hmm. and we've lived there Give them for... my card, I've got some. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. but, I, but, I, um, but people are walking yeah. more. By the way, the weather has been absolutely incredible. Could Ironic. not be Ironically, happier. it's beautiful. It's like the it's, most beautiful spring. It, it's kind of like you don't expect um, Armageddon to have perfect weather. I mean, <laughs> you know, the end of the world. It's very trippy. It, yeah. It, it's but but everybody in our neighborhood is now walking. We have a very walkable neighborhood, which it's is really great. nice. Yeah. And jogging, riding bicycles, and um, so it it is it is, and they have the time. You know, yeah. we're so time. Or they're bankrupt. making the time because yeah. they're making the time because they realize that. You know, even if you are working and even if, you know, you're doing fine financially, which I don't think is the case for really anybody, it's, this is stressful, you know, and it's like a low-grade anxiety time. Oh, this is creating a huge culture shift just in what is and isn't important to focus on. Absolutely. We're, we're noticing our athletes are coming to us, athletes that were like semi on the verge of like, hey, I'm thinking about playing college volleyball, but I haven't fully decided. They're not coming yes. to us saying like, hey... I don't want to play college ball. Yeah. I just want to enjoy the sport as it is. Like, not that there's anything wrong with college sports, right? But any of us that have ever been around know that it is a very big portion of your life. Kind of intense. I mean, it's a job. Yeah. Right. And so these kids are now coming back like, hey, I just enjoy the sport. Like, the notoriety of playing college ball sounds great, but it's not not what's important to Mm -hmm. me. And so this is already creating, we're what, a month in? And it's already creating these huge culture mindset shifts of what's actually important. What do I really care about? It's simplifying the battlefield, you know. Everything becomes very clear when you don't know what's going to happen. You have to figure out 
what your mission is, what you believe in, what your values are, where you want to put your time, your energy. That's huge. Yeah. So one I want to jump back to. Do you think more people will become self-employed out of this? Or do you think more people will look for the safety of like maybe a government job or an essential job? Well, yeah. I, think I think it'll split. I think it'll split. Those those that make it out of this are going to be stronger. They're going to have a real sense of purpose. They're going to get their shit in order. <laughs> you know, for oh, lack oh, of better words. I know, I know. Explicit. Well, you have, you have to, you know. When you're, when you're up against the wall, like, you have to get, you have to get things in order and, like, have a clear plan. So, um, you know, if you can stay in the game and, and survive and thrive, you're going to be great. But I think it'll... It'll end a lot of dreams, which, you know, isn't a bad thing. It's painful, but, in, you know, in the end, like... Can I be the one guy in the room that's the total a-hole and says yeah. that over the last... Usually that's the case. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Over the last five to ten years, I would venture to say, and I feel like I'm going to get dirty looks from both of y'all for saying yeah. this, that there have actually been too many small businesses that are bullshit. Like, how many small businesses do we know of yeah. that are total bullshit? Yeah, like, but if there's you go- no purpose for them to actually exist. They simply do it out of boredom. Now it's or they just try. You know, yeah. there's there's nothing wrong with trying. Well, I, if, I but remember, it's a gift to know when yeah, you got to leave. The I feel party. like this is good. Like you said, almost level the playing field. Like this is gonna be like a either you really should be in business and you really you got to commit to do what you're doing or do something or else. Get yeah, the fuck out. yeah. Like, this is. I remember if you go back to the dot com bust. Oh, huge! It was all these. Well, you know, if I buy this thing and I get some funding and it mm-hmm. and it wasn't real. And so that's what it comes yeah. back to is, is it real or is it not real? Yeah. And I think that a lot of businesses, um, you know, if they're not making a profit before, mm-hmm. then they're really in trouble now, mm-hmm. you know, because you can't, you can't go on your just gross revenue or any of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, you have got to be trying really, really hard. Well, yeah. and, and I'm yeah. going to shout out a, a buddy of ours and, and me and him have had a lot of conversations. So this isn't just coming out of just seeing him on Facebook, right? But um, Weefus mm-hmm. falls kind of right in what we're talking about, and yeah, he can't he, do he events. Well, he didn't close up because he had to, you know, money wise. I mean, there's that aspect of it, but what this really created was that time frame for him to stop and go. I haven't been happy for a year. I mean, yeah. he straight put this on Facebook. He's yeah. like, you know, I haven't been happy for a year. Mm-hmm. I've been pushing myself so that I didn't fail. I didn't want to have failure hanging over myself, but I haven't been happy for a year. Mm-hmm. How many people in this situation are going to do that for? How many yeah. people are going to be able to step back and go, you know what? I'm it's, making it's, money. I mean, I went through it with WIFT. Yeah. I was making money, but I wasn't happy. Yeah. Right. Now, granted, I had the, you know, it's very clarifying. Just, yeah, it's very clarifying. Well, <laughs> I think um, uh, somebody said this to me the other day, Garrett, you need to stop and think about what you want to be when this is all over with. And, um, and I was mm-hmm. like, well, you know, we're still in survival mode this week. Yeah, and there's <laughs> nothing to, wrong with that. But like, but I think there are people who are, you know, that where wherever they work, they're really really closed. You know, they're um, they can't be open. They can't mm-hmm. work. They're they're very so they're getting time and space to think about what that next step is. And so some of them will go back to yeah. what they were doing. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who will not. Yeah. And um, I did close for a day, like completely closed down, and I was sitting there staring at the walls going, what is the next step? Yeah. And all of a sudden it was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And right. then you execute. Yes. You yeah. know, so I think that, I think there's going to be a lot of that out of it. Absolutely. 
So there's one question I have highlighted and I forgot to ask you, and I sure. have to so, look back. So there's one question. There's an epidemiologist in the room, and you're <laughs> going to ask him what? Yeah, it has nothing to do with that. I wish I, wish I had was that well planned. Um, so in your business, I feel like this could be a really pivotal one, is influencers versus authorities. So I'll give you a little bit of preface, right? So the way I would use an influencer is just someone who runs, they have a great Instagram page, and it's like a fitness page, mm-hmm. but they're not really a professional or anything, but they've got 100,000 followers Right. versus an authority. You know, this is... You know the number one runner in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Now he he might only have 500 Instagram followers. He's only yeah. got like you know thousand friends on Facebook, but he is a literal professional yeah. authority in yeah. his field. If you had let's just say a thousand marketing dollars and you yeah. could only go A or B, where are you going with it? What's A and what's B? <laughs> and so A is going to be the influencer and yeah. B is going to be the authority. Um, I mean, I would choose C and do neither because, <laughs> no, but yeah, um, to answer your question, I would go with B, the, um, authority. the authority. Okay. However. Cause that plays to your brand. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I don't think it's a good, um, marketing strategy to tell people what kind of shoe they should have or to tell people what they need, um, Especially runners, we don't really enjoy people telling us what to do. I think we go into the sport because there's a little bit of um, rebel- rebelliousness yeah. in our being. Well, it's DNA. individual. Yeah, it's, it's individual. Well, also, think about it this changes. a little bit more from just your branding, not branding of a shoe. So, think about this more of so that authority isn't telling people what shoe to run in. Mm-hmm. They're saying, I used Betsy yeah. because she was able to analyze what I needed for a specific race. Yeah. And find my best option. Yeah, versus that's powerful. you know some you know influencer saying Betsy's the best. She yeah. has the coolest looking shoes. Yeah, I mean they're both important, but I would lean more towards authority. Lean. So yeah. again, you're saying you're much more on the side of uh, quality, not quantity. Yeah. You're you're much more on the you know smaller scale. You know doing the right thing every time rather than selling a million shoes and hoping you make it. Yeah, and that's probably the ethos of my life, not just business. Yeah. And, but definitely a brand. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, you said that earlier that the brand was more important, branding. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that a lot of times we skip over the fact that branding is really just the story of what your business is about. Mm-hmm. And then comparing all of those options back to whether or not it's true to that. Right. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. So the last thing I kind of want to close up with, and this is one that's always – like every time I ask it, we have a conversation with anybody, it's always a heavy debate between the two. Yeah. And I'm actually surprised by your answer was social media versus word of mouth. So yeah. I heavily agree with what you're saying about where word of mouth can be used against you. Yeah. The odd part for me, though, is that word of mouth is so heavily used through social media. Yeah. And that with your business being so niche, so mm-hmm. perfect, mm-hmm. and you are really focusing on the quality not quantity mm-hmm. you almost have to have that word about the aspect but it does need to be controlled right so how have you done that how have you taken mm. word of mouth and kind of controlled it into a marketing plan to use yes. with social media i think it's important to um be in touch with your customers know what makes them happy and know when they've had a great experience ask them i ask my customers a lot you know what else can i do for you were you happy with this how are your shoes doing um, and then if, if I'm getting good feedback, like really solid, um, then I'll say, you know, if, if you wouldn't mind, would you write a review? 
And I think that's a great way to get, you know, your really good, strong customers to to sort of sing sing your praises and kind of help you out with that. Um, I had somebody today say that they read my reviews. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, was that People good do. or bad? Do, yeah. <laughs> but Th- thankfully to your ex-director of marketing, they're actually pretty good. I'm yeah, well, and he was... Yeah. <laughs> He was, he was like, oh, they were great. I was like, yeah. Good. But you also want to be truthful with the story you're telling, oh, too, from your customers. So, like, I could think of maybe an experience where, you know, someone might have been upset with one thing, but then I fixed it and essentially gave them a really great experience. So I think those, those stories are important to tell, too, because no one's perfect. And you have to, when you go into business, you have to, you know, realize you're going to make mistakes and your customers um, – you know, hopefully will be forgiving and you can make it right. Well, when you do, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, op- there's huge opportunity to fix something also. Yeah, yeah. and I'm always shocked Not when a I've company doesn't do it. Never. I just had an experience Never with a company. Yeah, I had an experience with a company who just, you know, lost a package and kind of made it my fault. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just, you know, there was no need. Like, you know, just if, if you make a mistake or even if you don't if your customer's not happy it's your responsibility to make them happy well just personal experience i mean when i go look at reviews of a company i'm going to look at the 3.5 stars and less yes because i want to see what happened what happened on the worst day. yeah now yeah if it's just a review and the guy is like they suck because they suck yeah. comment and i'm just like okay you're just an angry a-hole who needs to get laid probably okay but i want to read the one where it's like so I'm giving them a 3.5. Uh, we had this massive problem. Yeah. And then this is what they did. Mm-hmm. And I, I respect the fact that they didn't give them a five-star, right? Because we're truly reviewing the entire process. So we yeah. can't give you five-star because something did happen. Yeah. But they're still saying, okay, this is what they did to fix it. Like that, just from a coaching standpoint, mm-hmm. I've used this analogy before, actually. If I played 20 teams, I kicked the shit out of all 20 teams. You didn't grow. I didn't grow. I didn't do yeah. anything. Right? right. But... If I kick the shit out of 20 teams and that 21st team just completely kicks the shit out of me, mm-hmm. that's the game film I want to watch. Yeah. I could care about, I could care less about the other 20 games. Throw them in the garbage. That one game, yeah. that's the game I want to find out. Yeah. Okay, what happened? How can we fix it in the future so that then the 22nd game, we lose the first two sets, we come back and win the next three. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, How do we adjust and fix? It goes back to growth. You know, mm-hmm. How can I learn, grow, mm-hmm. and um, if... You know, if you haven't done anything or if you haven't got the feedback, I'm sure somebody has done something wrong and you didn't get the feedback also. Mm. You know, they just went away and they Which went Which is where that word of mouth can kill you that you're right, talking about. Right. The customer yeah, you, that's you'd frustrated much walks away You want to know. You, you want to know what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. yeah you want them to come back and tell you that things went wrong and where they went wrong. It's not comfortable. Right. You know. But, but at least um, you can do something. Yeah. I got a story for you later. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, we're pretty much going to wrap up with that. So yeah. we always try to wrap up, though, with... If there's anything that you could ask people to do or something that you want to share that you feel is life-changing about your outlook on business or mm. life or matra or whatever it is, yeah, what would you close with? I think as a female business owner, one of the most important things that I need to remind myself to do is to trust my instincts, my intelligence, you know. I've gotten this far, you know. <laughs> um, people will love to give you advice. A lot of it is unsolicited, and you don't have to take it. You know, you can listen politely and say thank you, but you know, it, it's your business, it's your vision, and you know, stay true to 
how you see things unfolding and um, yeah, have a, have, a, have a true north and really you know, so, stick to it and, and be confident. So how is, um, how is it different being a female-based business yeah. than just, a, a, just an entrepreneur? I mean, right. uh, is there Well, a I can only speak from a right. female perspective, <laughs> right. but I'll, I'll, I'll give you a few examples. Like, um, I get told my business is cute. Oh, nice. Like, oh, isn't that cute? Um, which, you know, could be just like kind of an offhand comment, or it could be, you know, a little... A little jab? Yeah, with, without, you know, really thinking about it too hard. Um, I get asked, you know, is this, oh, is this your business? I said, yeah, it's my name. <laughs> um, I get asked, you know, oh, is this your full-time job? You know, as if, you know, I have, you know, other side projects. Um, I get asked if I have kids, if I'm married, just a lot of... Um, things they wouldn't ask a man. Things they wouldn't ask, right. Um, yeah, so you just... Um, Staying focused is a little more difficult, I say, because you get um, the the energy coming at you is a little more questioning. People, um, you really need to prove yourself, and even then, people are still a little like suspect. I would say of of um, of your abilities, which you know is not a great feeling. But that's why you know I need to tell myself to. To, to be confident, I've gotten this far. You know, I've done hard things. I can, you know, right. <laughs> I can handle. I can handle whatever kind of comes my way. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Thanks, folks. This is great. This has been Betsy Sudo with Sudo Spitfoot. Garrett Crocker with the Sign Universe. Taylor Wright with Comfort Tent Billionaire. Slash Coach Taylor. Thanks for the listening. angry coach. <laughs> the, the angry volleyball coach. Angry volleyball coach. I forget that part all the time. <laughs> Awesome. Cool. Thanks. That's the end of it.